Hey, uh, is anyone like really, 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 really excited about Christmas? Is that anyone? Dude, I, I stinking love Christmas. Christmas is hands down my favorite time of year. So I'm so pumped that we're in this series where we get to talk about Christmassy things. And I'm telling you, for, uh, for my wife and I, we both like equally, I think, love Christmas, all about the Christmas music, all about decorating and stuff. And for us, this year is a really like special year for us. And the reason is two weeks ago, some of you guys might remember this, two weeks ago, my wife and I bought our very first home. So we are now homeowners. This is a picture of us. Check it out. It's a picture of my wife and I right in front of our brand new home. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. I, uh, I love it, man. This home is so fun. And so, like, especially this time of year as we think about decorating and we think about listening to Christmas music, it's cool because we get to listen to Christmas music, like, inside our new home, and we get to decorate our new home, and we are all, all about it. Now, we moved in about a week and a half ago. Um, not the song, okay? It was a week and a half ago. Uh, so we moved in a week and a half ago, and the house itself, the house itself was move-in ready, which means we were able to move in all of our furniture and get all of the boxes in and stuff. But there were still some, like, renovations that I wanted to do. Uh, like, there were improvements that I wanted to make to the house. Like, I wanted to change the color of this one bathroom, and then I wanted to, like, you know, patch up a few of these small little holes. I wanted to change some electric stuff, and I wanted to, um, like, change out some sinks. And so I had all these plans for what I wanted to actually do to the house. And it actually worked out pretty well because last week, as you obviously know, was Thanksgiving break, right? It was, it was Thanksgiving vacation, which meant I had a full week off. And so I got to work on it full time. And so uh, last week was, was this combination of like renovating as well as a Thanksgiving vacation. And so this is what I called it. I came up with this. Uh, this was my Thanksgiving renovation. <laughs> that was so sad. That was like a pity laugh. I got, I, I got one pity laugh from the front. They were like, huh. I thought it was really creative. Uh, I actually came up with it while I was spending time with the Lord. And I was like, God, that's really good. Was that from you? And I think he was like, nah, bro, that was all you. Okay, that was lame. And that was all from you. But, but this is what we did. And the cool thing about like renovating is that with every improvement that we made, the house kept getting better and better. So every time we like, you know, put some paint on the wall or every time we like changed out the electrical outlet or did whatever, the house kept getting better and better and better until this past Wednesday. The day before Thanksgiving, we, uh, my wife and I were taking a little break from renovating and uh, we got some food. Uh, actually, we got some Mongolian beef yeah, that's, that's, that's hands down my favorite food, by the way. If you want to know what to get me for Christmas, get me some Mongolian cows because their beef tastes delicious. Okay, I'm all about some Mongolian beef. So anyways, we, um, so we were eating this Mongolian beef, and while we were eating, uh, my wife goes, do, do you hear that? And then I start listening, and I started to hear exactly what she was hearing, which was the sound of water dripping inside of our walls. Yeah, this is not a good thing, okay? Water does, like, it, it just wreaks havoc on a house when there's water inside the walls and in the ceiling and stuff. So, so we start looking around trying to find where this leak is coming from. And then we look up, and this is what we see. Yeah, that's not good, okay? We, when we bought the house, this was not there. This was new to us. And so we look, and sure enough, not only is there a giant stain, but also water is starting to leak on the ground. And so we had, like, cups on the ground and a towel on the ground. I mean, it was terrible. And, of course, it's Wednesday night, like, hours before Thanksgiving, and so we can't call anyone to fix it. And so I'm just, like, getting frustrated and upset, and we're trying to figure out where it's coming from. And then as I look to the ceiling, 
I start like doing the math and I realize that, that the leak is like right below the upstairs guest bathroom, which is the same guest bathroom where I replaced a sink. And so I start thinking, no, 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 please don't let it be me. Like, it's bad enough that our house is broken, but now I'm like, I'm the one that broke the house. That was me, man. I feel, you know, I feel really bad. So, so I run upstairs, go to the bathroom, and then I open up the cabinet doors, and sure enough, water is everywhere. It's just, it's just all over the place, right underneath the, uh, the faucet that I just replaced. And so, man, I'm, I'm feeling bad, and I'm drying up stuff, and I'm frustrated, uh, because again, I'm the one that like broke, broke the faucet. And then I'm like, well, I'm too curious. I got to know like what I did to actually break this thing, like how on earth I, you know, didn't, didn't do this right. And so I'm drying off stuff and I'm researching and I end up coming to a conclusion. And here's my conclusion. And by the way, you're probably not going to believe me. Okay. That's fine. I believe me. So this was the conclusion I came to. The conclusion I came to was that nothing I did was wrong, but the faucet that I bought from the store was actually a faulty faucet. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's what Catherine thought, right? When I like went downstairs and I was like, hey, babe, good news. I totally did everything right. But the brand new thing that we got from Home Depot, you know, that was like new and wrapped up in a box and stuff. It was it was totally like broken when we got it. Okay, so that must have been the thing that broke it. But that was my conclusion. And of course, she's like, yeah, sure it was, right? And uh, anyways, we finally get a handyman out there, and I'm like, hey, can you, like, fix the thing and, like, make the ceiling look better and all that stuff? So, so he's patching it up, and while he's fixing it, I go up to him, and I'm like, uh, hey, uh, just out of curiosity, um, where, did the, where did the leak come from? And he was like, oh, it came from your upstairs guest bathroom. I was like, yeah, 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 totally, totally, totally. So can you, can you tell me more specifically, like, where did the actual, like, leak, like, start? Like, where exactly upstairs? And he looks at me and he goes, oh, dude, you did everything right. It was a faulty faucet. And I was like, wait, 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 so you're telling me it wasn't me? And he was like, yeah, totally not you. And I'm like, can we tell everyone in the world that it wasn't me, right? I'm feeling so good. And Catherine's in the corner, like, shaking her head because she's like, why did you tell him he was right? That's the worst thing you could have done, right? But, man, I'm telling you, I, I, uh, I love doing all this renovating. I love seeing our house get better and better. And if I could be honest with you, uh, there's, there's two main reasons why I'm doing all of this renovation, okay? Here is, here's reason number one. It's because I want our house to be awesome, Right? It's a, uh, this house is new to us. We love this house. Man, I want it to be awesome so that when I come home, it's an awesome house. I want it to be awesome so that when we have friends over, it's an awesome house. But that's not the only reason. Another reason why I'm doing this is because Catherine wants our house to be awesome. Right? And I love Catherine. And so if Catherine wants it to be awesome, I want it to be awesome for Catherine because that's something that she wants. Aw. Right? Now, 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 before you start going crazy and saying like goals and stuff, um, I got to, I got to be, I got to be honest with you. Okay. I wish I could stand up here and say, Hey, so the only reason that I'm doing this is because Catherine wants it. And I love Catherine so much that whatever she wants, it doesn't matter what I want. She wants it. And so I want to do it because she wants it. And she's number one. I wish I could say that that was the reason that I'm doing this. But it's not. My number one reason for doing this is because I want it to be awesome, right? It just so happens that what she wants and what I want happen to line up. But the main reason is I want it. The number one reason is because I 
want it. And, and I'm not the only one, right? Uh, chances are you kind of fall into the same category that the culture that we live in is like this. It's my wants are greater than your wants, right? Like you've got some wants, you've got some things that you want to do, but if your wants are in conflict with my wants, then I want my wants to win because I don't really care what you want. It's nice, it's pretty, it's whatever, but I want my wants to be number one. The thing that I want is the thing I want to be done. And so that's how I feel about this house. And that maybe, maybe is how many of you feel. In fact, here's another way to put it. Um, we believe that getting is greater than giving, right? Getting is greater than giving. If I could just get stuff, man, that would be so good. Because see, we live in this culture where like, it's just like, we're all about ourselves. We're all about what we can get, what we can gain and my wants. And it doesn't really matter what you want. I just care about what I want. And believe it or not, you actually grew up this way. This is like a very natural thing. Like babies, when they're born, right? Babies are all about this. Babies are all about getting over giving. Because look, you've never seen a little baby that's like born. And as soon as the baby's born, the baby's like, mom and dad, how can I serve you today? Mom and dad, what do you want to do today? Right? No, no. A baby says, hey, mom and dad, I don't care that you want to sleep. I want to cry. And so the baby does what the baby wants to do because his wants are greater than the parents' wants because getting is greater than giving. But it's not just the baby, right? This is, this is actually true for you too. In fact, this is the reason why when you're looking at your Instagram and you're looking at your Twitter profile, you pay attention to two numbers, right? You pay attention to the people, the number of people that are following you and the number of people that you are following, and, and you get so fired up, and you get so excited, and you start feeling good about yourself when the number of people following you is greater than the number of people that you're following. Uh, hey, I know. I know how it is, because you're like, getting is greater than giving. It's so good. And this is also why when it's like Christmas time, you look under the tree, and you don't care what your brother got, and you don't care the number of presents that your parents are getting. You only care about one number, and that's the number of presents that you are getting, right? Because getting, getting is greater than giving. And I think the reason that we believe this, and the reason that we kind of go after this, is because deep down, somewhere in our brain, we believe this. We believe that if I had more, I would have joy. And this is actually in your notes. You can, you can write it down and follow along. If I had more, then I would have joy. That the whole reason that I'm not happy, the whole reason that I'm not content, the whole reason that I don't feel good is because I don't have that thing. And once I get the thing that I want, then I will finally be happy. See, the whole reason I don't have joy is because I don't have the thing that I want. So if I had more, if I could just get more, then, then I would have joy. Now, I wish that this were actually true. But instead, here's what we find. I have more. But, but if I had even more, then I would have joy, right? Like you actually get the thing that you're going after. You get the new phone or you get the new like shirt or you get the new shorts or you get the new friend or you get the new girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever. And then you get it and you're like, well, that's pretty good. But if I had even more, then I would have joy. And you keep chasing after these things. You believe that getting is greater than giving because you hope that when you get even more and even more and even more, then maybe, then finally, you'll have joy. And this is actually something that, that my wife and I have found to be true even in just the first couple weeks of owning a home. See, when we moved into this home, we had a like, really cool flat screen TV. And it wasn't this big, massive, whatever, like, but it was, it was better than we deserved. It was a, it was a great looking TV. Uh, and I had the idea, I was like, man, it's a cool TV, but wouldn't it be cool if we like, mounted it on the wall? 
you know? Like instead of sitting it on a thing, let's mount it on the wall. And so that was one of the, you know, renovation projects. And so I put it up on the wall and then I'm sitting back in the couch and I'm looking at the TV and I'm like, that's pretty good. But, but the sound is like, it's just not quite there. I bet, I mean, I have more, right? I have this TV, it's great, it's wonderful. But I bet if I had surround sound, mm, then, then I would be complete. Then this living room would be complete and then I would have joy. Then I would have joy. And so sure enough, we go to Costco and lo and behold, Costco's got a Black Friday sale on a surround sound system, right? And so I'm like, dude, that's it. That's a sign from God. He obviously wants me to have the surround. And so I acted like a little four-year-old with my wife and I was like, can I, like, please, you know? And uh, so she was like, fine. So we put the giant thing in our cart and then I went home and I plugged everything in and we like, you know, we watched part of a movie so that we could hear the surround sound and it sounded awesome. And so we're sitting there, and I'm like, oh, it sounds so good. But, you know, now the, now the TV's a little small, you know? I mean, I mean, the sound is great, but I think, you know, if, it would be a little bit better if we just had a bigger TV, and on and on it goes. And then you get a bigger TV, and then you're like, well, the TV's good, but the sound could be, so let's get even more speakers. And you keep going, and you keep going, and you keep going, because even though you have more, you keep thinking, if I just get a little bit more, if I just had even more, then I would finally have joy. But the problem is, this is the problem. A full living room doesn't lead to a full life. And a, and, a, and a full bedroom for you doesn't lead to a full life. And even though your closet may be full, your life might be empty. Because this just doesn't work out for us. This whole get more mindset doesn't work out the way that we wish it would. And so the question, the question for tonight is, so how do you overcome how do you overcome a get more mindset? This idea that if I had more, then I'd finally be happy because that doesn't actually work. So how do you overcome a get more mindset? And this is something that the Apostle Paul actually talked about. And so I want to look together at something that he wrote down in Philippians chapter 2. So do this. Go ahead. Grab your Bibles. They should be in your lap or right around you. We're going to look on page 1,179. Uh, page 1,179. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Now, while you're turning there, um, you may not realize this, but, but Jesus, when, when he was here on earth, he actually stepped into a culture that was a lot like our culture. In other words, people during the time of Jesus actually had the same sort of thought that getting was actually greater than giving. And it wasn't about like flat screen TVs. Maybe it was about like, I wish I had a bigger camel or something crazy like that. But they were all about getting. Like if I could just have a little bit more, then I would finally be happy. And so Jesus steps in to this getting is greater than giving mindset, and he actually turned the thing on its head. And he begins to introduce this idea of generosity, what it actually means to be generous. And some of you might have heard this before, but there was one time where a guy named Luke actually wrote down what Jesus said about what it means to be generous. And this is what he said. This is from Acts chapter 20. Um, he says, remember, remember, right? Don't forget what Jesus said. Remember the words the Lord Jesus himself said. He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's more, it's more blessed to give than to receive. In other words, I know, I know you think that getting is better and that getting is greater, but what he's saying is that giving is the thing you need to go after. And, and a lot of times we look at this verse and we think it's Jesus trying to make us feel bad or feel guilty, like you need to give more and you, know, you need to do this because it's the right thing to do. 
But I think, I think Jesus was actually talking to a group of people that were inherently selfish, just like you and just like me. People that were all about what could we get. And I think what he was saying is, look, you keep thinking that getting, that getting will actually lead to more joy. In other words, you keep thinking that getting will actually lead to a more blessed life. And so what Jesus said is, look, I know you want a blessed life. And what I'm telling you is you're going to be more blessed. And it's more blessed to actually give, not to get. In other words, I know you think getting is greater than giving. But what Jesus said was giving is greater than getting. That you are actually more blessed. That your life actually goes better when you give instead of just getting. And so, and so people spent time with Jesus and they saw that not only did he talk about this, but he modeled it. All the time when he was hanging out with people, when he was talking with people, in conversations with people, the way he served people, it was obvious that Jesus had a giving mindset, a very generous mindset where he cared more about what he could give than what he could get. And so in this one particular occasion, the Apostle Paul actually writes down what Jesus was like. And this is how he talked about it in Philippians chapter 2. You can follow along. He says, therefore, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion. In other words, if you've ever been encouraged by God, like if you've ever just felt like God actually cares about you. If you've ever gotten to a point where you're like, oh my gosh, the God of the universe knows who I am and he loves me. He knows everything about me and he actually cares about me. If you've ever come here and you felt like God actually knows me, God actually cares. And even though my parents don't, and even though my friends don't, I think God actually cares. What Paul is saying is, if you've ever come to a point where you feel like God actually knows you and he actually cares about you, then, then here's what you do. Then make my joy complete. In other words, there's something to do with your joy and my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. In other words, if you've ever been encouraged by Jesus, if you've ever felt like God actually cares about you and knows who you are, then I want you to act just like him, to do exactly what Jesus has done for you. In other words, the secret to your joy and to you having complete joy is tied in you acting just like Jesus, who said that giving was greater than getting. And then he begins to kind of break that down and talk a little bit more specifically. So he says, this is what it actually looks like. So do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit where you're all about my wants and my needs. Rather, rather, in humility, value others, not yourself. Not the getting is greater than giving. Not the my wants are greater than your wants, but instead value others above yourself. And then he starts speaking very specifically, and he says this. He says, not looking to your own interests, not to your own wants, not to the things that you want to go after, but each of you to the interests or the wants of the others. So the secret to your joy, if you've ever found encouragement from God, if you've ever felt loved by Jesus, then the secret is to do what Jesus did and to serve others and to care more about others than just caring about yourself. In other words, if Paul had to stand up here today and answer the question that we just asked, I think he would say this. I think, how do you overcome a get more mindset? It's to give more of your time. That overcoming this get more mindset where we think that having more and getting more and just a little bit more is actually going to make us happy. I think Paul would say, no, 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 it's not in that. It's by giving 
more. Because it's actually giving that's greater than getting. And so to overcome this get more mindset, give more of your time. In other words, volunteering and serving and caring about other people and looking to the interests of other people, looking to the wants of other people. In fact, there's something kind of crazy about this time of year when it comes to like the holiday season that some of you, some of you in the room have, have started to realize that you have been given a lot. And you start looking to other people who may not have as much as you. And some of you have already beat me to the punch on this. And you've begun to serve other people because you've recognized that the secret is not getting more. It's actually giving more. In fact, there's some students that have come up to me and said, hey, as, as, as a student ministry, what are we doing to help others? Like, like, what are we doing to just extend outside of the walls of this church to actually give more, to volunteer more, and to serve more? In other words, some of you have asked me this question. Who are we helping? Who are we helping? Like, what's the group of people that we're going after? Like, is there, is there something that we're going to do for someone else? Like, what are we going to do? Who are we helping? And so tonight is really cool because tonight I get to tell you, I get to unveil for the first time the group of people that we, as a ministry, are going to be able to help. And it's really cool. And I think it's going to be really incredible if we all do this together. Because I think the power of all of us doing this is greater than just one or two or even five people doing this. I think if we all get on board to doing this, that God could do something incredible in our community. So before I tell you the group of people that we're actually helping, I want to tell you a little bit about that group. I want to tell you why we're actually helping this group of people. So here's the first reason um, that we're helping. One is there is a tremendous need. This group of people, there is a tremendous need where they actually need your help. And the crazy thing is, around the holiday season, this need increases. In other words, there's, a, there's an even more massive need that this group needs. And so that's reason number one. There's a tremendous need. Reason number two is because this is an overlooked group. It's crazy. In fact, some of you in the room may have actually overlooked this group. Maybe you've seen them before, but you didn't, didn't really notice who they were. In fact, I did, some, uh, I did some research this week, and I found out, and you're, this, is, this is so crazy. This is crazy. Um, there is not a single charity that's been founded to help this group. Not a single one. And, and uh, like, like not a single nonprofit has ever been created for the sake of helping this group of people. So they are largely overlooked, even though the need itself is massive, even though there are things that need to be done. And then this is the last reason, and this is the one that gets me most excited. It's because you, you are uniquely positioned to help this group. In other words, a lot of times students come up to me and they say, I really want to help, but I'm just not sure if there's anything I can do. And the cool thing about this specific need that we're going after is that you can actually help in a way that no one else can help. And so the question, who are we helping this holiday season? The answer is your family. Your family. Because see, there is a massive need in your family. And they are largely overlooked. In fact, some of you overlooked them on the way here. Sorry, mom and dad, I don't, I don't really have time. I got to go worship God. <laughs> and you're overlooking them. And you are uniquely positioned to help them in a way that no one else is. And so, yes, this holiday season, the thing that I want us as a group to go after is your brother, your sister, your stepbrother, your stepsister, your mom, your stepdad, your dad, your stepmom. I think, I think that God is calling us 
to serve our families. And I'm telling you, if, if we did this, there would be such a dramatic change in our communities. I mean, this place would look so different than any other community out there, any other organization out there, if you actually went home and did this. And the cool thing is, you don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't have to wait till a week from now. You can go home tonight and begin making a difference. I'm telling you, it's incredible what God could do through you, with your brother, your sister, even, even your parents. And look, if you've, if you, like, there's a, there's a specific group of people I want to talk to right now. There's some of you in the room that, like, you, uh, you really love Jesus. Like, you're all about Jesus, and you love coming here, and you love raising your hands, and you love singing these songs, and the band leads us in just such an incredible way. But for whatever reason, your parents don't know Jesus, and your heart breaks for your parents. And you wish, you wish that they knew Jesus the way that you knew Jesus. You wish they would fall in love with Jesus the way you have fallen in love with Jesus. And maybe some of you have even tried to tell them. Maybe, maybe you've gone home and you like open up Oceans on Spotify and you're like, listen to this song, it'll change your life. And your mom and your dad's like, I don't care about Oceans. I don't care about Hillsong. I don't care about that song. And you're like, I don't know how to get through to them. And then, and, then, and then some of you are like, if you could just see Steve's teaching notes and you show it to them and they're like, I don't care about Steve. I don't care what he said. And so you keep trying and keep trying because you're hoping that they would love Jesus as much as you love Jesus. And I'm telling you, if you did this, like if you actually served your family, you would shine such a giant spotlight on Jesus, it would be unavoidable. Because you know what would happen? <laughs> your parents that don't care about church, your parents that don't care about Jesus, all of a sudden they would begin caring because they would say, who are you and what have you done with my daughter? Like, who are you and what have you done with my son? I can't believe you're actually doing the dishes. I didn't even ask you to do the dishes and you did them. Well, like, like you're helping your brother clean his room? What has happened? And your parents are going to be blown away. They're going to be beside themselves. And then you have a chance to do something. You have a chance to say, well, yeah, I, Jesus loves me. And that's why I'm doing this. And you shine such a massive spotlight on Jesus. And listen, I know, I know some of you are beginning to like argue with me in your head. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah but Steve, 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 you, you don't know my mom. You don't know my stepdad. He's crazy. Look, look, if you, if you knew my situation, you would know that what you're asking me to do by serving them is impossible. They don't deserve to have me serve them. And I think Paul would say to us, I know, and you don't deserve to have Jesus serve you. And yet that's exactly what Jesus did. He gave of his time. He gave of his energy and he served you, not because you deserved it, but because he loved you. And now Paul is saying, if you've ever been encouraged by the love of God, if you've ever felt like Jesus actually knows me and he actually cares about me, then I want you to do what Jesus has already done for you. But instead of doing this to a group of people that you'll never see again, what I'm saying is I want you to do this to a group of people that you will see every single day day. And imagine, imagine what God could do in your family and in this community if you actually did this. People would be blown away, not just by you serving, but by the love of God. And if you don't know what this looks like, I want to show you. About two years ago, I was working with a student who did this. I actually didn't even prompt her to. She was a sophomore in high school, and for whatever reason, she went home one day, and she served and loved her family. <laughs> and her mom 
was beside herself. Her mom couldn't believe it, that her daughter would actually do this. And so her mom did what many of your moms would do when something incredible happens. She shared it on Facebook, right? So she went on Facebook and she started, by the way, if you don't know what Facebook is, Facebook is the thing that we used to own and control, but then our parents got on, so we left and went to Twitter and Instagram, okay? That's a brief explanation. So Facebook, so that's where parents live. That's kind of their, like, domain. And so this is what she shared, okay? This is what the mom shared. She said, sorry, folks, got to brag. This is about two years ago. And then she put her daughter's name. My daughter got up this morning swept and mopped the kitchen and made breakfast for the family, completely unasked. Thank you, smooch, whatever that means. Thank you, smooch. You made my morning. And the crazy thing is when this happened, as you can imagine, Facebook blew up and people were coming out of the woodworks and they were liking it and people started commenting about, oh my gosh, where'd you find her? Holy cow, how can I get one of those? I can't believe that she would actually do this. And people were blown away by the generosity of this daughter. And here's what the mom didn't know. Before she ever did that, that daughter actually sat down with me and she said, my relationship with my mom is so rough. It's like we can never see eye to eye, and we argue, and we fight all the time. And then one day, she did this. And I had a chance to speak to this mom about a week and a half ago. And uh, we, were, we were sitting down together, and the mom looks at me and says, I can't thank you enough for what you've done for my daughter. I, I don't even know how our relationship with one another is so good. And, 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 and I can't say I know exactly how they got to that point, but I got to think that that made a difference. I got to think that the daughter being generous made a huge difference in the life of her family, and you bet it made a difference in the life of that community. All because she said, even though my mom may not deserve it, and even though my mom yells at me for no reason, and even though my mom is just crazy, I'm going to serve because Jesus served me even though I didn't deserve it. And because I've been encouraged by the love of God to me, because I've been encouraged by the fact that Jesus loves me and knows me, I'm going to serve my family. Because there's a tremendous need. And this group is largely overlooked. And you are uniquely positioned to help them. And this girl found out firsthand that what Jesus said is true. Because when she gave, there was blessing that happened in her life and in her family's life. And so here's the question for you tonight. How can you, how can you serve your family? Not how can you think about serving your family, not what's a good idea for your brother or your sister to do to serve your family, but what can you do? How can you Maybe even tonight, serve your family. What, like, 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 maybe for you, you need to go home <laughs> and you need to look at your mom and say, hey, I know this is like the first time I've ever said this in my entire life, but um, can I do the dishes tonight? And your mom's gonna look at you like you've got five heads. Like, what did you say? Like, yeah, can I... Can I, help, can, I, can I do the dishes for you? Maybe it means going up to your dad. If you do this, your dad might faint, so watch out. You might want to have, like, a pillow behind him. If you go up to your dad after he's had a long day and said, Hey, Dad, um, how's, your, how's your day at work? 
he's not going to know what to do. He's going to be blown away by how much generosity you're showing. Maybe, and I, like, I know that your little brother is dumb and that he's like just the worst person on the face of the planet, but maybe, maybe what you need to do is you need to go up to your little brother and say, hey, I know mom and dad keep bugging you about the fact that you never keep your room clean. I can't believe I'm about to say this. Can I help you clean your stupid, ugly room? And maybe, maybe that would start something in your life or your brother's life or your parents' life where like your mom walks down the hall and she sees you helping your brother and you've never done that before and she doesn't really care about Jesus, but now all of a sudden she starts to care because you're showing the love of Jesus by serving generously. How can you, how can you serve your family? And you don't have to wait for a group of people to get together and get in a van and travel halfway across the country and serve soup at some kitchen. You can do that tonight. You can serve tonight. Because Jesus said, I know, I know you think that getting is better, but I'm telling you, giving is greater than getting. Let me pray for you. So God, you, you modeled this perfectly for us and we don't even realize it sometimes how, what great lengths you went through to actually serve us and love us and care for us and we think that we deserve it, but um, the truth is we don't. <laughs> the truth is however we think of our parents and however we think of our brothers and how little we think they deserve it, we deserve it even less and yet you showed us love. And yet you sent your son to die on the cross, generously giving his own life for us. And so I pray that we would just show just a tiny, tiny percentage of that to our family. Help us be generous in the way that we give our time to the people that we see every day. I pray that you would specifically tell these students what they need to do. Maybe for some students, they just need to do the laundry. Maybe for some students, they just need to keep their own room clean. Maybe for some students, they need to help their parents with the dishes or do some yard work outside. Whatever it is you're asking them to do, I pray, I pray they would do it. And I know the conversation is going to be uncomfortable, but I know that you will do something incredible when these students step out in faith and serve the way that you have served them. So thank you for modeling this for us. Thank you for loving us. And we pray all these things in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.